0: Jody Vance in for Simi. Sarah, continuing our chat with uh, Keith Baldry, Global BC Chief Political Reporter, and your best follow on Twitter at Keith Baldry. Make sure you do that. Uh, you often explain things in terms that are very consumable when the topic and the subject matter is very complex, Keith. I, I'm wondering if you may help us sort of. Uh, Unpack, I guess, uh, what the premier was talking about at his press conference yesterday with regard to the Coastal Gas Link pipeline project and how he says the project will proceed even with opposition from the Wet'suwet'en. So, what happens now?
1: Well, (laughs) talks will continue between the RCMP and and uh, representatives of the hereditary chiefs up there from time to time. But yesterday, the RCMP uh, cut off access to one of the roads uh, in the leading to the, the the. one of the work sites for the pipeline, but it's going to take more than just tough talk from the premier to resolve this. Uh, this is a festering mess that's been going on for some time. You've got First Nations along the pipeline route. This is a natural gas pipeline, 6.6 billion dollars, almost 700 kilometers long. 21st Nations have signed benefits agreements. Uh, that includes a f- five First Nations that are actually members of the Wet'suwet'en uh, First Nations, but you've got uh, and those are signed by elected band councils. There is a one school of thought in First Nations communities that the band councils are creatures of the Indian Act and are creatures of colonialism, mm. and therefore rejected as a as a legitimate uh, tool or, or body. Contrasting that, you've got hereditary chiefs who are not elected but represent the community at large, and you've got five hereditary chiefs who are opposed to this pipeline, three of which. Uh, who are women, uh, are in supportive of the pipeline. They claim they've been ostracized because of their support uh, for the pipeline. The Wet'suwet'en admit they are a divided community on this issue, uh, but you've got five hereditary chiefs and their supporters from outside the First Nations community, environmental activists and such, who have gathered there for a couple of years now with a protest camp trying to block the construction of the pipeline? The courts have ruled in favor of the pipeline a couple of times. Most recently, a Supreme Court judge extended an injunction against the protesters and saying you cannot blockade this pipeline. But, uh, and John Horgan yesterday, Talk pretty tough, saying the rule of law must be obeyed. If a Supreme Court judge makes a ruling, it must be obeyed and it must be upheld. So, this is going to come down to potentially a violent confrontation. Uh, it may uh, erupt again in a courtroom at some point, but uh, this is not resolved simply because the Premier took a pretty firm stand yesterday. Not a surprising one at all, but it highlights some of the tension that exists within the NDP itself because, on the one hand, it supports the LNG pipeline. Uh, and it needs it because it connects to the LNG Canada project, which is at the centerpiece of its entire economic strategy, while at the same time it's a firm believer in, as enshrined in the law, of First Nations rights, including the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People, which one of the articles says requires First Nations must be given free, prior, and informed consent. Must provide pre-prior and informed consent before projects can proceed. We had a discussion with Horgan yesterday. Well, doesn't this mean that there's there's a veto here mm-hmm. uh, by the hereditary chief? He rejects that. And says no, that's not how he reads it. He doesn't think they have legal standing here. He thinks Undrip can, is not inconsistent with the view that the hereditary chief's position should not be. Uh, should not be upheld, so it 's a, a tense situation it 's not going to be resolved uh, anytime soon we 've got a reporter, Sarah McDonald from Global, I think is heading into the camp uh, today. I think she 's going to have a report uh, later on on the news hour but it 's uh, a pretty tense situation and it 's going to get even more tense, I think, as time goes on because this is headed for an inevitable showdown
0: and within that showdown is that conflict that has divided the indigenous, indigenous communities as well.
1: It has, and it's, it's, and we've seen this in, in some other projects as well. You know, the Trans Mountain Pipeline has the support of I think more than forty First Nations, but there are a couple, a number of First Nations on the coast that firmly oppose the pipeline. So you've got divisions there. There are two hundred and four First Nations in BC. They do not all speak in, with one voice. They have diverse interests. They have overlapping claims uh, on on one you know particular part of land. You've got rival organizations. Horgan yesterday cited the support for the pipeline from the Assembly, which he says exists from the Assembly of First Nations and the First Nations Summit. Um, that uh, and again, that they, they view UNDRIP as not possessing a veto, but uh, this is a very complicated situation, and the complexities abound when you get into the inner workings of the politics of first nations, and that 's why this one is is so fascinating on one level, but also troubling on another because it doesn 't seem that there's going to be a a sort of a mutually beneficial uh, working out of this uh, of this dispute. It just seems that you 've got two opposing sides careening at each other, and there 's going to be a collision
0: and in learning more. About undrip, uh, BC enacted a law to enshrine that last fall, but the law doesn't doesn't define consent and and no. doesn't it doesn't give veto power on Indigenous communities. And it, it's interesting that that Premier Horgan said yesterday that the law is forward looking and cannot be applied to existing projects.
1: That's right, it's a, and that's a, it's an interesting take by him. But you know, if you just have to go on. Social media, look at the statements from the hereditary chiefs and their representatives, they interpret UNDRIP as giving them a veto. And that's the problem with, uh, that was, you know, foreshadowed and foretold about one of the challenges UNDRIP would provide. Mm -hmm. Horgan's response to this is that UNDRIP will actually eventually provide certainty uh, and a clearer path to resolution over disputes regarding some resource projects, where in the past, a lot of them just simply get mired in the court system, and you can get some inconsistent court rulings, and nobody really knows what the answer is. So the status quo wasn't working Uh, that well. Anyway, so is it actually going to be worse with UNDRIP? And Horgan and the supporters of that say, no, it's not going to be worse, it's going to be better. But it's going to probably take some time before we get to that point.
0: So to this point, we've been seeing protesters felling trees on the path toward the pipeline to sort of block it. When you say that that this might escalate and and become violent, you know, we're reading sort of inflammatory headlines about snipers.
1: Well, yeah, so the Guardian had an. Uns- uh, British newspaper had an unsubstantiated report um, from an. Uh, basically from an activist mm-hmm. uh, saying that the RCMP had, sh- you know, shoot to kill orders. And uh, that's inflamed the situation. The RCMP denied that, and that's absolutely ridiculous. But the language they, that was used in that report has inflamed, I think, the situation. And you've, now you've got the RCMP also discovered uh containers of gasoline uh covered under under uh, tent awnings uh as well as those trees being felled. So, you know, it's it's got all the ear markings of a very tense, potentially violent situation. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. But uh the emotions attached to this issue are quite unlike other ones we've seen in in some other disputes. And uh hopefully again ever cooler heads will prevail. But I wouldn't bet the farm on that. I think this is gonna get a little ugly.
0: Keith, as always, thank you for uh, giving us the the layman's term version that's very consumable. I think it's important that we all stay on top of this. As you said, um, it could escalate at any time and affect our province significantly.
1: Hopefully not.
0: Hopefully not. Keith Baldry, it was a pleasure, sir. Take
1: care.